Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. We have been in 1 Kings chapter 19 for the last two weeks, and this is part three of that message, and the subtitle of part three, this message is A Recipe for Divine Conversation. A Recipe for Divine Conversation. Let's pick up 1 Kings chapter 19, where we left off last week, starting in verse 8. So Elijah got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? There's so much in this text right here. The reason it's in our 40 day, 40 day series is because God took 40 days to move Elijah where he was struggling under the cloud of confusion on the island of isolation. God took 40 days to remove Elijah from that unhealthy place and brought him to this cave. And we see a powerful moment in the life of Elijah that I think can apply to every one of us. Because the most important thing, and I want you to hear this, and if you're taking notes, write this down. The most important thing in your relationship with God as a follower of Jesus Christ is first and foremost hearing God's voice. It's hearing God speak. And the good news is Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. And many of us kind of, we're not quite sure is that the voice of God that I'm hearing? Is that my voice? Is that somebody else's voice? Whose voice am I hearing? I don't know if I can hear God speak. Here's what you need to be reminded of. If you think you're one of those people that has a hard time hearing God's voice, Jesus made it clear. If you're one of his sheep, you already hear his voice. But you may need to be reminded of a few things that can be done to help ratchet up the volume of God's voice in your life. And here's the first thing. The first part of this recipe for a divine conversation is this. Make room for masterful questions. Capital M. Make room for masterful questions. I've had a variety of mentors in my life and some really, really great ones. And one of the things I've learned about a great mentor is that a great mentor is not someone who has all of the answers. I want you to write this down. A mentor who asks you questions will always be more valuable than a mentor who only gives you answers. When you think about your relationship with God, I know that many of us go into our time with the Lord to pray, and the number one thing on our minds is, God, I need you to answer my prayers. And here's what I think. I think as you go into your time to pray with the Lord, thinking about him answering your prayers, I think God is going into his time with you with this thought. I'd like you to answer my questions. I get asked all the time, how, how can I have a better 
quiet time? How can I have better time with the Lord? And I think this is honestly one of the things that if you take this seriously, this will take your relationship with the Lord to the next level. You will go to a place of intimacy you've never experienced with God before. If you'll just make room for the master's questions. And here's what you need to remember about these questions. Because you might be thinking, well, if God is omniscient, he knows everything, why would God ask man a question? He already knows the answer. There's a really important answer to that question. I'm glad you're asking it. Here's the answer. God doesn't ask questions to learn more about you. God asks you questions to help you learn about you. One of the most powerful things that happens in my personal time with the Lord is when he drops a bomb in my heart in the form of a question. And here's what you need to remember. The most divine questions hit you in your heart, not in your mind or in your head. A divine question goes off in your heart like a bomb. He asks questions. The God of the universe loves to ask questions. Questions are all throughout the Bible. In fact, out of all the questions recorded in Scripture, did you know Jesus asked more than 10% of those questions? God asks questions too. I just want you to see a couple of the questions that God asked man from time to time. These are some powerful questions. Here's the first one. To Adam, God asked the question, where are you? Adam, where are you? And if you've been at this church for any amount of time, you already know that I don't believe God was asking Adam a locational question. And here's how you know. God is the God who knows everything and is everywhere. So how could a God who knows everything and is everywhere ask a merely locational question as though Adam were playing hide and seek with God? He wasn't. I believe God was asking an emotional question. And one of the reasons I believe that is after God asks Adam, where are you? Adam says, I hid because I was afraid. God, I'm hiding because I'm afraid right now. How about this next question? To Moses, remember God asking him the question, Moses, what's in your hand? Moses, the man who was struggling to believe that God could use him, struggling with his speech impediment, struggling to even think that he could walk up to Pharaoh and say, let my people go on God's behalf. To the man who was struggling with that kind of insecurity, the God of the universe asked one of the most loaded questions. Moses, what's in your hand? And in doing so, God was saying, Hey, I'm going to show you, you've already got what you need. But he started by asking that question, what's in your hand? How about this question? To Ezekiel, God said in the Valley of Dry Bones, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, God said, Ezekiel, can these bones live? I remember the day I felt the Lord asked me that question with that passage related to this valley. Son, can these bones live? live? That wasn't just a question. That was a loaded question. How about this question? 
to Jonah. Jonah's griping about the call of God in his life. Gripe, gripe, gripe to God. And God says, Jonah, is it right for you to be angry? It's a loaded question and a powerful one at that. How about this question? Uh, is that the last one? Maybe that is the last one. It is the last one. I got a question for you. That's why. I, there are so many questions. Think about the questions Jesus asked. I want to ask you a question, okay? I want you to think for the next minute or two in your personal relationship with God. I want you to take a moment, and I'm going to give you a little bit of extended time here. What are the best questions God has asked you? What are the best questions God has asked you? Let's take a minute or two and let's really just quiet ourselves. Let's think through all of the time we've spent in relationship with God. And I want you to think about the moments where he asked you a question, like what he asked Moses or Elijah or Jonah. And maybe you're new to relationship with God and you've never heard him ask you a question before. Why don't you in this moment just close your eyes why don't you just make room for a question from the master? Let's take a moment. Let's write out the most incredible questions the God of the universe has ever asked us. continue on if you need to. It's a, a neat moment to have with God. I, I just wrote down one of the most powerful questions I remember God ever asking me in my time with him was the first time he asked me, do you trust me? Preston, do you trust me? Before I tell you what I need you to do, do you trust me? That was a question that changed my entire life. What I really need you to understand is maybe you're not used to in your time with the Lord you, uh, going in and making room for him to ask questions. Maybe you're just used to going in and asking him questions and, and making requests. I'm telling you right now, 
if you'll just take the next seven days, I'm gonna challenge you. I want you every day for the next seven days to journal. And I don't want you to write what's going on in your day, what's going on in your life. Here's what I want you to journal each day for the next seven days if you're willing to accept this challenge. I want you in your time with the Lord to just quiet yourself, to turn up your listening, your hearing, and I want you to hear the question God is asking you that day. I want you to write it out, and then I want you to write out the answer, and I want you to talk to him about it. Try it for the next seven days, and let's just see. Let's just see if your relationship with the Lord doesn't dial up just a little bit more. Every time you get more intimate with the God of the universe, things change in your life. Here's the second part of this recipe for a divine conversation. Number two, open your heart for honest answers. Open up your heart for honest answers. Everybody in my house knows that I absolutely hate one answer if I ask a question that's heartfelt. Everybody in my house, my kids know it, my wife knows it, everybody knows that one of my biggest pet peeves in life is if I take the time to intentionally think about a heartfelt question that pursues your heart, my pet peeve is if somebody I love answers me like this. I don't know. I don't know. I hate that answer. And let me tell you why. Because I don't know as an answer to a heartfelt question is another way of saying, hey, I don't actually care enough about your heart to really dig deep in my heart to answer the question your heart asks mine. So I don't know. I hate that. I absolutely hate hearing somebody I love answer a heartfelt question saying, I don't know. Honest answers come from an open heart. But remember, thoughtless answers come from a closed heart. Here's what you need to remember about God's question to Elijah. What are you doing here, Elijah? God's question was an invitation for Elijah to pour out his heart. Think about that. When God asks you a question, he's not trying to find an answer. He's trying to help you, me, find the answer. He's trying to help me. He's not doing it for his good. He's doing it for mine. And every time he asks my heart a question, it always brings us closer. And this is why I think you should make room for questions in your quiet time. But don't just let him ask questions. Open up your heart and give honest answers. Here's how you know. Every question God asks you is an invitation to pour out your heart. Let me read it to you. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. What you say flows from what is in your heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. So God asks you to speak by asking you a question, as giving you an opportunity to share your heart. You want to have a divine conversation with the God of the universe? Don't settle for chit-chat. Dig down deep in the soil of a wide-open heart. 
How can one say that God has their whole heart when they rarely ever speak from it when talking to him? How can I actually say God has my heart if when he asks me a question from his heart, I don't use my heart to answer him? I think we all need to work on being a little more honest. Well, Preston, I don't think God can handle my honesty. Read through the book of Psalms. Read through the book of Job. (laughs) You won't say that anymore. Not only can God handle your honesty, God loves it when you don't hide Even when you're not on top of your game, God loves when your heart is wide open. And here's one of the things that kind of bums me out about this passage with Elijah. God asks Elijah the exact same question a second time. He asks him the exact same question a second time. And Elijah gives literally word for word the exact same answer as though it were rehearsed. And here's what kind of bums me out about that moment. I think God gave Elijah another opportunity to open up his heart and go somewhere special with God. But when Elijah gave the rehearsed answer rather than the honest answer, I think God moved on to the next part of the conversation with Elijah later on in chapter 19. And bigger than that, Elijah missed a moment with the God of the universe simply because I think, truthfully, that was the one question Elijah did not want God to ask him. So it's question time, all right? This is a big question. I'm gonna give you about two minutes to answer this question. If that was the, possibly the number one question that Elijah did not want God to ask him, I want you to take a moment. I want you just to close your eyes for a minute, wherever you are. And I want you to think about this. What's the number one question you don't want God to ask you right now? You wanna make room for questions in your relationship with God? Why don't you start with one of the toughest? What's the number one question you don't want God to ask you right now, and I want you to take a moment. Once you've got it, I want you to write it out, and then I want you to answer it.
All right. You can continue doing that if you need to. Uh, that, that one rung my bell just a little bit. <laughs> that, that one gets you. Uh, can you even believe that the God of the universe has a favorite place out of all of the places on the face of this earth, out of every square inch in the universe, his favorite place is to be right where you are. <laughs> That's just overwhelming to me. Here's the third part of this recipe. Look for whispers rather than shouts. Look for whispers rather than shouts. When I talk to people who say, I'm having trouble hearing God's voice, I'm not sure I can hear God's voice, I, I tell them, Jesus already said, if you're one of the children of God, if you're one of the sheep, you hear his voice. So the question isn't, can you hear his voice? The question is, do you know what his voice sounds like? And one of the biggest reasons that many believers have a hard time hearing God's voice, I believe, is because they're looking for the wrong thing. And I think this passage in 1 Kings 19 illustrates it almost better than maybe any other passage in Scripture Let's continue on, 1 Kings 19, verse 11. God says to Elijah, Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped up his face in his cloak, and he went out, and he stood at the entrance of the cave. I think this passage right here it's really important for you if you're someone who says, I have trouble hearing God's voice. I think the reason you feel that way is you might be looking for the wind or the earthquake or the fire. You might be looking for the loud, audible voice. In this moment in Elijah's life, God uses it, not just for Elijah, but for you and me to say, let me teach you how I talk. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this powerful one-liner down. God is not trying to wow you. He's trying to woo you. This week, as I was preparing for this message, I, I was just having my time with the Lord, and I said, why did you whisper? Why didn't you talk loudly? Why didn't you shout why weren't you in the fire? Why weren't you in the wind or the earthquake? God, why did you whisper? And I want to I share with you just what I felt like he responded. He responded by saying, I'll tell you why I whispered. Because I'm affectionate. And when he said it, I lost it. And he said, Preston, do you remember when your kids were young 
You used to play a game with them. And you wanted to kiss all over them because I'm affectionate. And they started to outgrow your kisses for a little while. Remember the game you used to play with them? And I mean, I was sobbing in my office. I said, I remember. I used to say, come here, I have something to tell you. And I was like, God chuckled. And he said, and what would you do next? And I said, they'd come close, but about right here, and I would do this. And they would go, Daddy, I can't hear you. And they would get a little closer, and I would do it again. Daddy, I can't hear you. And they would get right up in my face, and I would wrap them up. And I would kiss all over their faces. I'll never forget that moment this week with the God of the universe. When I asked the question, why did you whisper? And he said, I'm affectionate. Preston, if I wanted your attention, I would scream. But because I want your affection, I whisper. If you're struggling to hear the voice of God, it's not because something's wrong with you. It just may be because you're looking for the big fire or the big earthquake. And one of the sweetest and most amazing things about God is he loves to whisper because when he whispers, we have to come close. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I just want you to take a moment and I just want you to press in. I want you to come in close to the God of the universe. He's looking you in the eyes right now. Whether you know him or not personally, he is looking you in the face right now, saying, I have something to tell you. And his lips are moving, but you can't quite hear him, so just move in a little bit closer. And just keep getting closer in your heart until you start to hear his voice. And let him wrap you up in this moment. Let him give you the most divine hug in the history of humanity. Let him kiss all over your forehead. Let him whisper in your ear. Just take a moment. Just listen to his whisper. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on every one of us as we draw in to come close to you. Wrap us up, cover us up, fill us up, hold us up, lift us up. Holy Spirit, thank you for being so close to us. I pray that you would help every one of us to 
hear the divine whisper of God in our hearts every day of our lives. With every head bowed and every eye closed, there's somebody I want to talk to. And I know you are out there. I've been praying for you this week. I believe God's been speaking about you this week. I believe he's been speaking to you. If you don't know Jesus personally, if you don't know God as Father, I want you to open your eyes and I want you to look at me right now. Everyone else, just keep your head bowed, your eye closed, eyes closed. Somebody might be in the room with you that doesn't know Jesus. Let them have a private moment. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, if you don't know God as your Father, I want you to look at me right now. I want you to listen to the heart of God. It doesn't matter what you've done. It does not matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how many times you've tried and failed. It doesn't matter how much you've lost. It doesn't matter how much you've taken. It doesn't matter how much you've wasted. The God of the universe is standing right where you are. He is there, the spirit of the living God. And he wants to know. Will you come close? If you're looking at me right now, that means one thing, that you're ready to make Jesus Lord of your life. You're ready for God to be your Father. And if that's you, with your eyes open, looking at me, I'm going to lead you in a really simple prayer that's going to change not only the rest of your life, but the rest of eternity. All of eternity will be changed by this one prayer in your life right now in this moment. If you need to open your eyes, just open them. If your eyes are open, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I need you. I want to be your friend. I recognize you died for me. I believe you're the son of God. I believe on the third day God raised you from the dead. God, will you forgive me of all my sin? Would you burn up all that trash so that room could be made for you? God, take over my life right here, right now. I'm yours. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I can't tell you how excited I am for you that you just prayed that prayer. I'm telling you right now, this is a game changer for you. And I, I'm, I'm going to ask you to do something. If you just prayed that prayer with me, would you do me a favor? Would you text the name Jesus, Jesus, to the number 24587? All right? Really simple. Just text Jesus to 24587. You'll get a response from us. I promise we're not going to just fill and flood your inbox. 
your phone. We just want to come alongside you. If you need anything, you need a Bible, you need somebody to talk to, you need some next steps, we want to be there for you. You just made the most amazing decision that any person can make, and all of heaven is celebrating right now. So I'm telling you right now, way to go, you. Our whole church is celebrating you. Every week that we have been in the midst of this COVID crisis, every single week, people have gotten saved. And I promise you, people got saved again this weekend too. This is amazing. And God is better than you could even wrap your mind around. And you just gave your life to him. You're about to see it. Reach out to us and text Jesus to 24587. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.